I actually peed my pants twice already. Welcome to the 14th episode of All of the Above, a weekly podcast about design, code, and learning. Each week, an instructional designer, a user experience designer, and a software engineer take apart the world one topic at a time. My name is Brian Brush, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Sam Bantner Hello. and Sean Duran. Gracias, amigo. So how have you guys been? Been good. Real good. You've been sick too, though, haven't you? Yeah, so I've been horrible. I had bronchitis. <laughs> had a really deep voice for like five days. I like how quickly you just surrendered the lie of being good. <laughs> yeah, and I went to went to Nashville. I traveled a thousand miles in sixteen hours. That seems exorbitant. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. And I slept in a Walmart parking lot. It was negative fifteen <laughs> degrees Celsius. Why Celsius? That's how I've been. Did you take your sleeping bag? Yeah, I slept in my negative 20 degrees Celsius bag, so it kind of worked out. What's Celsius in Fahrenheit? I don't want to do them anything. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Zero degrees Celsius is well, yeah, degrees yeah. Fahrenheit. That's all you 15s. need to know. Yeah, they don't carry the same, like... <laughs> oh, it's five. It's five yeah. degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> That's very different. <laughs> I'm sorry that this country doesn't have their act together. I'm sorry that I didn't learn Celsius. I'm behind the metric system. I'm not behind the Celsius thing. I'm completely behind everything in the metric system. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, how are you? It's pretty good. Today's Sunday. We're recording it on. And it feels like uh, Sundays are the worst days to, for us to record on. So That's true. W- looking forward to today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that high note, we will uh, (laughs) jump into today's topic, which is email. And so I'm going to kick things off here. And I wanted to sort of talk in a way about what's been known as the communication period and determining when you use various forms of communication. So email is just one of the myriad ways that we communicate today. And it's starting to feel more and more like a chore and less like a tool for productivity, which was its original intention. So the fact that it's become a bit of a burden has led to various practices like Inbox Zero, as well as a plethora of applications to try and help tackle email. But it's an interesting shift because I remember in the heyday of AOL that you've got mail message was exciting. You've got mail. And today, if my computer still said that every time I got an email, I would probably set it on fire. So on top of dealing with an abundance of emails, we also frequently find ourselves with multiple email addresses. So I have one for work, one for school, an iCloud account, a Gmail account, one for the podcast, and so on and so forth. Preach. Yeah. So way too many things, as Sean loves to say, too many cooks. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. We had talked in episode seven about how there are a wide range of ways to send messages and communicate with one another. And I feel like the biggest burden with email is that people are choosing to send email when another form of communication would perhaps be more ideal. Um, So I was wondering with all of these various tools in place, how do you guys determine when email is the appropriate choice for communication? I know that Sam loves email, so let's hear from him first. All right, Sam. I have seven email accounts at work. At work? At work. Just at work. That's unnecessary. Yeah, it is. I think I think I may have texted you guys about it the other day. I don't I don't know. I don't know why I have so many. 
are they all Sam Bantner at blah, blah, blah? Or is it like support and then... No, they're... I mean, a few of them are because there's several companies, but then a few are just like admin accounts for different things. And yeah, it's... I'm, I'm like the, the king of email, but I don't like to email. I'm a more of a in-person talker. People send me emails and I'll just go to their office and talk to them. Which is why like I feel people are choosing email as the method of communication when another approach is better. Since you prefer like face-to-face and don't always respond to the emails, when do you feel an email is the appropriate option when i don't feel like leaving my office (laughs) (laughs) so when you're feeling antisocial that's the only time to use email yeah it seems like that's what most people use it for nowadays they'll send like even things that can be in a text like two or three words they'll send it down and it just seems like a waste people like to stand behind their tech or hide behind their technology and they don't really like to be as social as we used to be back in my day well, I know it can sometimes just become uh, more of like a record keeping aspect. It's like, oh, we talked and now I have to get it in writing. And <laughs> since emails are, they have timestamps, they can be like, oh, it was sent, it was received, blah, blah, blah. It was, can become more of like a record keeping thing. I feel one of the main reasons I end up using email a lot within the workplace, at least, is for documenting conversations that happened, which was weird to me the first time that I had it, where like I talked to somebody face-to-face, we came up with a plan of action to pursue, and then they sent me an email saying, per our conversation today, here's what we discussed. I was like, I know what we discussed, where are you sending this? <laughs> and then I realized that they did it to keep track of when plans were made and who all was involved, which also has become sort of the bureaucracy and policy politics of the workplace is that you always have to try to keep a record of what you've done. So that's one of the main uses I've seen for email. Um, Sean, did you have any others that you use it for besides just record keeping? Yeah, like I I subscribe to newsletters and stuff like that. So I get stuff coming in that I'm interested in. And then I visit the links, read it, what have you. And then I guess the only other times I would email out is for like podcasts, like getting guests, organizing all that and coordinating with people like we don't have each other's phone numbers. So emails are sometimes out in the public. There's contact forms. That's one way if for whatever reason, it doesn't feel right to use like LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. Like emails feel a little bit more official and you can attach things and you can manipulate it a little bit more. So it just depends. It's it's always like it, it just depends. <laughs> it does come with more of a sense of like professionalism. There's a signature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes anything official. Yeah, that also is part of why like I get confused a lot with email is the etiquette and form in which you're supposed to communicate via email. So I still follow a pretty like traditional old timey where it's like dear so and so content and then like sincerely or whatever closing thing with the signature beneath it. But a lot of people don't respond that way and take that to be like almost a stuck up approach. And they prefer just doing what Sam had mentioned, where it's like something that could have just been sent in a text. And so you're not sure why email was the choice they made. So I think that's maybe another one of the problems that I have with email is just there isn't a consistent means by which people use use it to communicate. I mean, I know there are classes <laughs> you can take, like, in college, it's like, oh, you should learn these office skills before you go out into the workplace. And then it's just telling you, like, this is how you should email. You should uh, say hello, blah, 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 depending on how, like, uh, if it's a formal relationship or more buddy-buddy. I think there's a the inverted pyramid. Like, you start with, like, 
the thing that you want them to know about. Like, yeah, yeah. The, sort of like the journalistic approach where the most important stuff is up top. And then as you go down, it, it gets more, I guess, uh, detailed. So if I only have like a couple seconds and like depending on like I know Outlook and Mail app and lots of services, you see like the first one or two or three lines of the message before you even open it. So that's a it's a good way of doing it. Yeah, which is something that on Hello Internet and other podcasts that's out there, um, CGP Gray had talked about where he gets thousands of emails a day, so he can't filter through those very easily. So he oh. is just looking at like those first couple of sentences. And if you don't communicate an important point within those, then he will simply delete it or flag it to come back to later or just forget about its existence altogether. So that inverted pyramid is pretty important to effective email communication. Um, but then at the same time, there are very, like, I remember in college, I had some professors who demanded that you use the strict format of like a letter and you can apply the inverted pyramid. And then I had others who wanted it to be like less of a formal thing and just a quick send your question. You don't need to be formal. You don't need to even say like professor or doctor or whatever it may be. <laughs> And that's, I think, the other like frustration, which I was sort of hitting on, is that because of the inconsistencies, you never really know how to appropriately format or structure emails and when the best time to use it is. Unless you take a class on it, and then you, yeah, but and you're a master. But the class tells you like what maybe a Fortune Five wants, but not necessarily what like your everyday like in a startup culture, for example. That's probably not how they typically would format emails, at least in contemporary startup culture. No, I know um, the people with us, the sandwich videos. Do you know those people? Uh, like. The sandwich video. I don't think I know those people. You've seen their videos. Uh, I think the main guy's like Adam Lagur. I don't know how to pronounce his last name or how to spell it. I just know it begins with an L. Um, they did like a CarMax video. They did the one password ad, uh, the coin, uh, credit card, uh, little okay. video. Yeah, the, the people behind that. Okay. They also did an, like an ad for Slack. And they said like, hey, we used to use email all the time. And now we just use Slack because it does pretty much everything that we want to do. Unless we're going like outward. Like it, we have to email another company or client or something like that. That's when they go to email, but everything else internally, they just use Slack. Well, what were you going to say to their point? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got cut up in the whole uh, explaining of the sandwich videos. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The, whole, the startup thing. They were just, a, they were a small company. They decided to issue the whole email thing internally. So like in a startup they culture, uh, they just were like, eh, this email thing, that's only for this one particular use case. Everything else, we're just going to use this easier. You can see resp- like typing indicators like, oh, this person's typing. Awesome. With emails, you don't really get that feedback. Uh, amongst a lot of other things. I guess that's just how we'll have to be stuck with email is that there will never be consistency and you'll have to create your own sort of etiquette and style guide within your various company or various use cases. Um, So I know like with all of the above, we have a pretty friendly format for our emails that we send, um, but they're still often structured like letters just with not very formal communication amongst the content. But whereas when I'm at work, it is typically a lot more of the formality behind it. So that was sort of just my thing is trying to figure out when and how we should use email. And I think what we've arrived at is that there is still no answer. It depends. Yeah. (laughs) There's just an asterisk. We should just take away email from everyone. I don't think that's a good idea. No. It's the only idea. 
then I wouldn't be able to get Sean's <laughs> weekly uh, email newsletter. Oh, jeez. I have to do that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was happy I could remind you. Uh, Sundays. So but it's, it, uh, what were you going to say? No, you say your thing. It's more important. Well, I was going to sort of jump into your topic, actually, which is what has email turned into? And I believe that newsletters were part of that. So I feel like that's a good spot for us to switch over to your point. Yeah. So the reason why I don't want email to go away is because it's an open standard. It's not like one company owns email. One company owns iMessage and one company owns Facebook Messenger. And they're just separate things. But email is like the one tried and true standard of communicating between two people regardless of service if you have an email address cool you can get email it's unless you're in china there's probably (laughs) things going on there (laughs) and it's turned into something that's that it wasn't in the beginning like in the beginning is more like oh it's like your house you have an address so this is your email address this is your electronic address that we send mail to cool now it's become even more tied to our identity like you log into services with your email address so have you guys ever had to deal with people that have had email addresses that aren't like through gmail or yahoo but are provided by their internet service provider uh, I, I'm pretty sure I still have a early Roadrunner email out there somewhere that I would have no idea if it still functions or not, but I'm pretty sure that it does. And the reason I don't use it is because it's locked down to that service provider who I th- believe my parents still subscribe to, but I don't actively use it. Um, so I have no idea what's going on with that email. And then I at least remember in the days of trying to help with technical support with customers who had just bought computers or phones or whatever it may be trying to set them up and if they had a isp like lockdown email it was nearly impossible to configure and set up and we often just encouraged them to switch to another (laughs) service like icloud or gmail or something because it was so much easier to manage because as soon as you try to lock down this tool it becomes less valuable i feel indeed and then sam have you ever dealt with any of that yeah i've set up a lot of email accounts like through services and such (laughs) (laughs) Very specific. (laughs) Yeah. It's like GoDaddy, like they have email services. Uh Gmail has or had, I think it's still around. They had a business service and like Microsoft Exchange, which is what a lot of email accounts are based off of. They have that and then like the different protocols and everything. But yeah, there's, yeah, I've dealt with a lot of, lot of emails. I don't have any old ones. I get rid of them. (laughs) Well, do you, did you use those emails as like logins or for anything special? Yeah, I don't really use them for anything special. They're kind of just there that actually makes me think too uh with login challenges and things so myspace still exists oddly enough oddly enough you mean i don't know of anyone that actively uses it still but i think it's turned into more of a Mm -hmm. music service i really have no idea what's going on like turned it over and now it's all horizontal oh yeah i remember seeing like the video where they first advertised that So somewhere out there, I think there's still a profile active for me, (laughs) but the last time, and this was like probably eight or nine years ago at this point, I went to try to like delete that account, but because the email I had used was the one from my internet service provider growing up and I had no access to that, I couldn't get into my account because I couldn't remember the password. So it's just stuck and I'll never be able to fix it. Yeah, that's a a shame, especially if you even like, even if you didn't even have access to it, like you don't, like it didn't exist anymore. Let's 
say if you had it with like your internet service provider and you just switch providers, that email address goes away. I don't even know if you can, re- like if I sign up for that internet through them, if I could possibly sign up with your email address. I don't, it's sometimes, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know how sophisticated some of them are because <laughs> I remember dealing with some that were just like how you have like a 20 kilobyte limit on your inbox. So you just delete everything as things come in. Oh, yeah, because I remember when Gmail first came around that it was a huge deal that you had like a oh, gigabyte yeah. of space. I was like, I'll never have that many emails. <laughs> and then uh, with a Gmail, like they've even they use IMAP as the protocol ish. And then they add their own twist with things because they have labels, which isn't really supported by anything. It's a different way of categorizing stuff. It's not really folders. It's not really anything. It's their own flavor. Yeah, it's kind of like assigning keywords yeah. to the emails that you have. And I know it wrecked havoc with um, the native mail app on um, OS ten. It just <laughs> just pooped its pants yeah, all the time. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, every single update that came through was like fixes for the google and, and mail yeah. app mr sam do you know like the specific differences between all the like i know the general differences between pop imap gmail and exchange but do you know like the more in-depth version there's not really much to them i mean these are services that have been around and haven't really been updated imap is a little bit but like they're very archaic it's there's like what you understand about them is what it is like there's not really much else <laughs> okay i'm glad to know that i know more than i thought i knew (laughs) yeah i mean there's exchange but that's just microsoft adding layers on top of layers oh yeah because it's primarily focused around a sync service that's not only communicating your email to all of your various places but all of your calendar appointments and contacts are all under the same protocol um but sam since you're speaking to email being a bit older and perhaps archaic you had as a topic point the disposable like email being a disposable service so did you want to explain your idea on that for us yeah First, I'm going to say that I hate email. I feel like it's something that is extremely outdated and we need to find an alternative to email, which you can go pretty much any route and do this. So please, somebody come up with a good alternative uh, and don't let Google do it because they'll just they'll own it and take all your information. <laughs> Well, that may be Slack as our savior, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of hype around Slack right now, but I have a feeling it's just going to kind of die off. It has to be open. Like, it can't be just owned by one company. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully there's something out there in the future, but... Email is a disposable service. We've all had burner phones. We've all had jobs where we have to just call somebody and throw the phone away, literally throw it away in the trash. If you don't know what a burner phone is, you should probably look it up, but you should know because most people use them. You clearly have a more adventurous life than I do. (laughs) I actually have an app on my phone that generates burner phone numbers that I can do things with. Oh, yeah, for when you're signing up for, like, a service online and it requires your phone number. Yeah, the only problem is sometimes it's hard. Like, they can call things, but texting with them is a bit of a struggle. Yeah, Google Voice could be used as, like, a burner phone as well. Yeah, the only thing with that is they don't accept messages from, like, the six-digit phone numbers, like the short codes. Oh. So lots of verification services use those small little phone numbers. So... You can try, though. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, but I suggest everybody listening go get yourself a burner phone. You just can go into an AT&T or one of those shopping mall places that have them in the blister packaging. Just phones. Mm-hmm. And you have to pay with cash. That's, <laughs> you ha- yeah, that's you have to pay with cash. Part. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, because we don't want these phones to be traceable. I like how this has turned into like Spy Basics 101 <laughs> all of a sudden. Yeah, then you have yourself a burner phone and it, at any moment you can just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have a, a private key and a public key just <laughs> to sort of reinforce the idea that you only accept messages that know the ins and outs. All right, now you guys are just making me want to go finish watching season three of House of Cards. I know, right? That's what, that's what I've been doing when I was sleeping in uh, Walmart a few days ago. I watched a few episodes of uh, House of Cards. Uh, <laughs> so, so anyways, the email is a disposable service. So there Don't are disposable... mind the guy with the burner phone who's sleeping in a sleeping bag in Walmart. In a, <laughs> a thousand miles away from where he lives. Just don't mind that guy. That's, I, I should write about this. This would be a funny story. <laughs> Uh, there's disposable services out there, email services. Uh, one of my favorites and one of our really good friends, Mark, that we used to work with. Marky he, Mark? Uh, Mark K. Krugs. Yeah. Yeah. Krugs. Yeah. yeah. He, he brought this on me. Like, he told me about this, uh, mail service called Mailinator. It's amazing. You just go in there and you can, you just type in, it's like a Google search. You'll just type in whatever email address you're wanting to go to. And then the account is there. So you can have people send emails to that account and then it goes into there, which is public. So anybody can see it so you kind of don't want to use it for other stuff but it's a disposable <laughs> email account there's a ton of other ones out there Melanator's by far the best there's gorilla mail there's 10 minute mail there's if you just if you google burner email account you'll you'll find everything i should probably make burneremail.com or something yeah i i've used actually hush mail it's encrypted end to end and if you send an email you, the other person has to put in the password that you set which really? is handy i've had to use it a couple times just because like i'm sending you my tax stuff and my birth certificate i really don't want this getting in the hands of anybody so yeah hush mail was nice yeah and people don't understand that about email either email can drop at any point because it pings multiple servers and it just bounces from server to server to server so when you send stuff through email it drops on different servers and if there's some sort of malware on that server it could easily just consume everything in your email and it's pretty damn easy to just go in and then just change the header file and be like yep and then spoofing emails yeah it is fun yeah email this was again someone needs to create something better than email which that's why i see email as disposable it is a disposable service there's a ton of services out there one that i use actually on a few websites i run is mailgun you can set up emails you have ten thousand a month for free that you can send and it kind of just sets up an email account for everything that would go to whatever your domain is oh the email service for developers well that's rather fitting they know their market <laughs> it's such a niche market. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but then you have your actual email accounts, which everything's free nowadays. Who pays for email? If you do, I'm sorry, but there there's so many free alternatives that are great. One of the best with complete bias is uh iCloud. I feel like for a free email account you get a ton of stuff there. Then there's Gmail, there's Yahoo, there's Outlook, there's billions of others. Email.com is one of them and mail.com is another. But even those you could use as burner accounts. You can set up I have I've set up a Yahoo account for one offs and things like that. So to me it just seems like email is disposable. Do you guys use email as a disposable service? 
Uh, in a way, I think I do to like what you're talking about, where it is using an email account just to like sign up for a service or set something else up and then yeah. forget about it, which is kind of what my <laughs> Gmail is. It's just instead of having a variety of services, it's just that one service and everything that I sign up for online goes there. So that way my iCloud is left with just important emails or things that I very specifically want to receive. Yep. Same here. I would just a thing I sign up for uh, giveaways and contests and services like i don't know if i can trust you with my real email address so you're getting my my backup yeah which reminds me i haven't used it lately but i think the app was called one receipts and it was just an application to keep track of all of your various receipts so you would scan them i think it had ocr capabilities to read what was on the receipts but if a company has the option to email a receipt to you then you could it would give you a like so brian and brush at one and then it would send all of my receipts to that email and then the application would parse through those and pull out like okay you spent so much money at this business and so much money at that one this one was for food and that one was for clothing that sort of thing and so that in a way was very much a disposable thing for me because it's not like i ever log in and look at those emails it's just where receipts go mm. that's sort of uh no it doesn't really remind me i know there's like another service that does completely not the same thing but it's called unroll like unroll a piece of toilet paper um or <laughs> unroll a roll of toilet paper you can't unroll a piece of toilet paper unless it's two ply that's like <laughs> i'd say yeah splitting. if it's multiply you could unroll it well would you unroll it's kind of, yeah, a it's kind of fly, attached though. yeah that's more tearaway yeah tearaway yeah. like like trousers <laughs> yes just like tearaway trousers exactly what i was <laughs> i was thinking of <laughs> Um, anyway, with this tearaway email service, um, unroll.me, it's, uh, you, if you subscribe to lots of stuff, mailing lists and blah, 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 you can sign up and then they are like the middleman, like the email goes to them before it actually hits your inbox or it goes to your inbox and also them. And then it just puts all of your newsletters and everything like that into one email. Uh, so if you have any notifications from Twitter or Facebook, which I don't know why you'd subscribe to Twitter or Facebook notifications through email, but you can, I'd. <laughs> by all means it's the worst oh yeah especially if lots of things are happening you now have like 50 new emails i'm like i i forgot i i didn't check that box did not <laughs> so i know there's lots of things like that that go in the middle or at the end because i know also google has like acquired um mailbox i think it was that allowed you to make your um email list more like or your inbox more of a to-do list yeah which was wasn't it dropbox that acquired them or Dropbox acquired them. Yeah. That's the other thing too is so using like mail as a to-do list to your point, Sean, which I use mailbox for that sort of purpose. It's like, okay, this is an email that I need to look at later. This is one that I can just archive, or this is one that I need to add to like a list of stuff. So if it's like work related or whatever, it goes into that list. But I actually put all of my Gmail stuff in that. And then like my iCloud that all goes through the mail app and then work goes through the Outlook app. So am I the only one who uses different <laughs> mail applications for different services? No, uh, no. I, I am I, oh, I, tomorrow, Monday, I start my new uh, job, which is fun. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited for you. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, pe I, I actually peed my pants twice already. I have a, I have a nice mute switch that allows me to do things under the covers. I wouldn't let your, I wouldn't let your new employer know that that's an issue you have. Yeah, you should take <laughs> diapers to work. Uh, I'll get a nice, uh, like a reusable one. I just, uh, I can wash it out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's more environmentally friendly yeah 
Um, what was uh, Oh yeah, but at my old place, I did have a completely separate app, the Outlook, uh, um, OWA, Outlook Web app, I think that's what it was called. It wasn't the, it wasn't the new Outlook app, which apparently is cool. Yeah, yeah, OWA is hideous. <laughs> yeah, it has the Windows 8 UI, and it's confusing when you uh, have never dealt with a Windows phone for extended periods of time. So yeah, I have that, and then I just have the regular mail app. I don't get fancy and use another mailbox or Gmail or Sparrow if that's still a thing. I'm not sure. I don't really concern myself with it. I think Sparrow was the one that got bought by Gmail. Yeah. I don't know. That's the other weird thing is when you start to invest in these various email clients. Yeah. And then somebody else acquires them. It's the same way we were talking about with cloud services last week is that you just run into these crazy hiccups where you get really invested in one system or one service and then it gets transferred and somebody else either closes down the app or changes it all around. So maybe that is getting me to agree more with Sam's point that email should be viewed as disposable and we shouldn't invest too heavily into it. So now that we have established that email is potentially a disposable service, or at the very least something that needs to be rethought or repurposed. But it's still the bedrock of the internet. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. it's. <laughs> I think it might just be one of those sort of evils that we have to deal with. But we'll see if somebody can come up with a better system, maybe with tools like Slack coming about that will inspire people to try different approaches or create some sort of open source platform for it that does similar to what Slack does, but alleviates the burden of email. Yeah, we just have to set up a, a con- consortium. Consortium? A cons- is that what they're calling? A consortium? Cons- consortium, yes. that's. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say crematorium, <laughs> but that was completely not what it Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> that is a very different thing. <laughs> but do you guys have any final points to this email discussion that we have? Hmm. Uh, I do have a final thought, but it, I'm just going to say it. I wish it was still snowing. It has stopped. It has stopped. So for those unfamiliar, Columbus has had quite a bit of snow today. Still not Boston levels. So Sam's hopes and dreams have been crushed. Every day of my life. Yep. But we'll go ahead and wrap the show up so that Sam can go play in the snow a little bit. <laughs> put your little booties on. Just put them on. That wraps up the 14th episode of All of the Above. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to see our insanely long show notes full of wonderful links to things we discussed in this episode, head on over to alloftheabove.audio slash episode slash 014. And as always, we would love to hear from you. You can find every which way to get in touch with us by going to alloftheabove.audio slash contact. The easiest way to reach out is through Twitter, where we can be found at AbovePodcast. Finally, if you are enjoying the show and want to help us out, hop into iTunes and leave a review. It helps others find the show, and it means the world to us. We also have a survey up on our site where you can give us a better idea of what you hope to get out of the show. A link to that can also be found in our show notes. We will look forward to joining you all next week when we tackle the topic of games. In the meantime, go send a Nigerian prince some chainmail.